Today on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, myself, Trent Condon, joined by LaShawn Daniels, former Hawkeye running back. We talk a little bit of football today, transfer portal. It's been good and not so good here recently. We'll talk about maybe a couple other places that Iowa still needs to attack in the transfer portal and looking at the evolution of the Hawkeye offense in 2023. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, he is leaving to become the new president of the Chicago Bears. What does that mean for the Big Ten? and in particular, the Iowa Hawkeyes. And we got basketball talk. It's Iowa-Michigan, a big one tonight at Carver-Hawkeye. We break things down today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. This is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon, joined by former Hawkeye running back LaShawn Daniels as we talk the world of Hawkeye athletics with you. Available wherever you get your podcasts and also on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. As we talk here on the day of Iowa, Michigan, we'll talk some basketball coming up. Big spot for Iowa as they try to make it three in a row. Women's team with a big win last night against Northwestern, but LaShawn, kick things off with a little football talk first. How you been doing? Good, good. You know, it's a little a little slower on this side of things, you know, with uh, college football being over and uh, whatnot. Uh, obviously, still got the NFL and then um, watching a bunch more basketball now. Uh, but all in all, I can't, can't complain too much. Um, yeah, you know, we're feeling good uh, around this time of year. So um, it's good to pay attention to some other sports and, uh, support some of the other Hawks. So uh, how about yourself? Uh, doing well, doing well. Yeah. New year and kind of changing the format now as I'm newer into this endeavor, figuring things out. You know, we got started late in the summer. It was really easy previewing into football. As I've told you before, college basketball is my favorite sport. I, I love talking about it and kind of morphing into there, getting the wrestling talk in there, talking about the women's team, but talking basketball and I'm excited to break things down a little bit with you and then what we have going on right now, you know, I, I brought this up yesterday on the podcast. It just, it's really interesting. A couple of the beat writers anticipated we were going to hear from Kirk Ferentz, his new January press conference that started back when you were playing with the Hawkeyes and ultimately became the decision that you're going with CJ Beathard over Jake Rudock and kind of the dominoes that fell from there. That was the first one. Well, we were waiting and thinking it was going to come maybe today or tomorrow. That's been pushed back. So Again, it's speculation. There, there's no official news about it, but when it looked like it was going to be that, I think my brain goes to, all right, are there going to be changes in the coaching staff? Are they still waiting for a couple of dominoes to fall there? And that's what he's waiting for. I mean, on the surface, that would make the most sense, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you would think, right? I mean, that part of the reason why, you know, you may want to move that uh meeting back just because like hey they're still trying to finalize some different things and uh you know come out and have put up the decision with that puts everyone at least in decent light and um you know doesn't leave any bad blood or anything like that but who knows you never know you they could come out and just be like yeah this is we're we're believing in ourselves and we're just going with what we have um but you know you you never know and i think that's part of the anxiousness I guess that's around kind of the football program right now because it's like okay like what's coming next um you know everyone's saying 
like, hey, there's changes coming, there's different changes coming and, and whatnot. Well, what are these changes? Obviously, you've gotten some new new players um, in the building, um, but you haven't really heard from the from the coaches, coaching staff, right? And we haven't heard from from Coach Ferris in a little bit, and, and we, we just kind of want some news. We want some updates. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, that's really where we're at. Who knows? I mean, I'm just as anxious as everyone else is to hear what's going on. So you don't got any insider info for us or anything, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> and if I did, I wouldn't leak it. I'll let them tell it all. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, all right. Well, you know, it's it's so interesting just watching this. And last year, you won 10 games. So you could get away with it. The, the offense a year ago was terrible back in 2021. But you got to the Big Ten championship game in hey, we won 10 games. You can play that card. And Kirk said in the spring, we're betting on ourselves. They weren't able to bet on themselves and win, though. It came up a loser this year, 130th in the country, a big step back. Take your first loss in years to Iowa State. Take your first loss in years to Nebraska. The frustration of all of that that was there, just being uncompetitive against Michigan and Ohio State. We know that change has to happen. Now, the theory would be we're getting better players. With the transfer portal, McNamara is going to be such a huge upgrade over Spencer Petrus. And we've gone around and around in Spencer Petrus and not to deride the kid by any means, but he was frankly bad. He was a bad quarterback. I think it's safe to say that. And, and you're going to see a huge upgrade there. The offensive line can't be much worse than it was a year ago. Wide receiver. I know they're still searching. They got Seth Anderson coming in from the transfer portal. It comes down to, you got the Jimmy's and Joe's, right? It's not the X's and O's. You got the players now that you can be. I guess that's the way that Kirk would probably sell it, right? Didn't have a full complement of players. We did the best that we could. Now that we have it, the excuses are done. I guess that's probably the way that you do it, right? Is that how it would be painted if there isn't any changes? Yeah, yeah. That would, that would have to be the way. Um, I mean, it's obviously, they, they've made it a priority of where they need to attack in the portal, right? Where, where they got to get guys in. And it's clear. It's like, hey, we need offensive help. I mean, again, it wasn't. It wasn't it's not a shock to anyone that that this coaching staff knows that, hey, they need offensive help in general. And I mean, Coach Ferentz, uh touched on it basically all football season, just like, you know, Spencer doesn't have the support around him, et cetera, et cetera. And well, now obviously getting some players in um, hitting all based on all the positions that need to be hit on quarterback, um, receiver, offensive line, uh, obviously added tight end. Um, and just getting better skill guys around and getting those skill guys in the building, which is good. But now it's like, okay, he could paint it as, yeah, we just didn't have the horses last year and now we've got some guys and now we can be better than we were the previous year. But you never know. I feel like that the players, again, it's just, a, it's a big part of the equation, but it's not all the equation. And obviously we've seen from schematics um, and just looking at the, offense and how they ran the offense throughout the entire year is that it's obviously it's not just the players it's a big part of it's the coaching as well so um yeah it's gonna have to it's gonna be a full full effort and it's obviously gonna take a lot of changes even if they don't make a change within the staff they're gonna have to make some changes um schematically or how they do different things because obviously what you're doing last really over the past uh couple years frankly just hasn't been working no it it hasn't and you know, I've talked about here on the podcast about the numbers in the six years overall of the offense. And we remember the great moments, you know, the Ohio State game in Kinnick and the Holiday Bowl against USC. But, boy, if you you do well at your job two days out of six years, most people wouldn't be around very long. You got the right last name, though. That certainly helps. And there's nobody that can tell me anything different. I mean, 
him being Kirk's son is a huge, huge factor here. It's the reason I didn't believe he should have become the offensive coordinator because if we get to a point that we're at right now, you know the kind of person that Kirk is, how difficult it would be to make that decision, even when from the outside looking in, it's pretty easy. And not just us from an Iowa perspective, people on a regional perspective that looks at the Big Ten nationally look at this and say that it's untenable, yet here we are. It's going to be difficult. It's not going to be fun, but it's certainly something that needs to be looked at. And if it isn't a coaching staff change, you definitely have to change this offense and the way that it looks and the concepts of it, the passing routes, the, the trees. I continue to hear people talk about that and just the concepts that I was running. Yes, you can still be a physical team. You can still run the football and win in today's college football. Georgia does it with 22 five-star players on the roster, but <laughs> the way that they do that is with physicality. Michigan, how has they won Big Ten titles the last two years? By being physical, but they're also evolving. It's not just the old school thinking and your passing offense also has to adapt with that. And there's hope. It's not that Brian doesn't know offense. It's not that he doesn't know football. I just don't know if he knows how to completely put together what you're trying to do. And that passing offense is a big part of it here. The evolution of the running game. We've talked about it a lot. I want to see a change to be yeah. frank. I want to see a change, but if it happens, I, I need to hear something tangible. If it is Kirk saying, and hey, we're going to run it back, it can't just be that. Hey, we got better players coming in. We're excited about that. I want to hear what tangibly they're doing. Do you think Kirk would be willing to share that, though? <laughs> uh, it would probably just depend on the kind of mood he's in, honestly. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like he would. Is it mean, because at this point, everyone's kind of waiting for something. And it's not just us as fans or media, potential recruits as well. I think yeah. that's something that that they want to hear, and the coaches can say can say all this stuff in your ear, you know, when they're recruiting you. Um, but you know, it's you actually believe what they're saying. Are they actually um, going to follow through with that? And um, that can be that can be be a big big choice on uh, recruits and coming to to the school. And you actually made a good point about Georgia because you think about when. Uh, Kirby Smart originally got to Georgia and how their offense was. It was nothing great. Like it was just like typical kind of old school style of football. And really over the past few years, they essentially they've evolved from where they, where they were at and they've been able to create explosive plays. And when they have to get into shootouts of football games, they're able to win those football games. I mean, you look at the Ohio state game uh, on new year's Eve and, you know, me, personally, I didn't think, like, hey, if they got into a shootout type of football game with Ohio State, they weren't going to be able to pull it off. But as you can see, they were able to do that. And, hey, it's because, hey, they realized where they were at back when they made the national championship game against Alabama back in was that 2018 or 2017. And, you know, they weren't able to finish that out. Well, now they obviously took a deep look inside and was like, okay, how can we improve? And not necessarily saying that, obviously, Iowa is Georgia. You don't have – five-star recruits all over the football field, but you can make those changes um, from an offensive standpoint to help you um, make better use of the players that you do have and put together a better offensive uh, product on the football field. Well, the transfer portal, we've talked about it a lot. Cade McNamara, Eric All coming in, Seth Anderson, three guys that have made their way there. Some disappointing news this week, and we'll talk about that portal a little bit. What Iowa still needs to do inside of it as we roll through here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. It's your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, 
and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football, the playoffs right around the corner. Of course, basketball hot and heavy, including Iowa tonight, favored by five and a half against Michigan. They've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts and you're hanging out with us today, I'm going to guess that you do. You can find those also at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way for your sports betting information. Head to the website today or hop on your phone to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Trent Con and LaShawn Daniels here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Make sure to check out a brand new podcast. It is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. Hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So we've been talking about the transfer portal. This week, Walter Rouse makes his decision. He's going to go to Nebraska, offensive lineman from Stanford, and then Isaac Tesla. We've talked about him a lot. Big bodied receiver. So that X wide receiver position, Seth Anderson, he's not next. He's six foot, 170 pounds on a good day. He's a little guy. Nico, not a big guy on the outside. Brody Brett could, but he's also got baseball. That is always going to be a part, even if he sticks around and continues to play football. You know, baseball is ultimately where his career is going to go. They're still searching for that X receiver in the Iowa offense. If you can, LaShawn, explain to us a little bit what you're looking for, the prototype for an X receiver and what Iowa does. Yeah, so the X receiver... It's and it's not just unique to to Iowa. It's really any uh, football team. Uh, you want your ex first off. You you want your ex receiver to be a guy that can win one on one because most of the time as ex receiver you're lined up into the boundary and it's just you and in the corner and you're trying to win the matchup on that side of the field. Typically, because you're not when you're playing the ex receiver, you're not getting um, benefits from. Uh, schemes and route concepts you, you you can but most of the time you're not because again you're into the boundary you're on the single receiver side you got to be able to to win one-on-one and then obviously you want to have some some decent size to you and and good speed either or best if you can have both um because so when i think back to my time in iowa pretty decent X receiver that we had was devon smith um mm-hmm. again he wasn't the biggest guy in the world but he had really really good speed and he was able to win one-on-one a bunch of times. I mean, we saw it in the Big Ten championship game, right, go 80 yards for a touchdown, being able to win one-on-one uh, in those moments. Like, that's that's what you need, and that's really what you're looking for in an X receiver. And obviously, these guys, they don't grow on trees, right? As, <laughs> as we've seen from uh, just our recruiting and our football team in general, right now, uh, you look at the roster, uh, especially the receivers that we have in the building right now, and you look, you, you don't think that there's a true X receiver type guy in the building. Someone could develop to be that guy, but from your prototypical X receiver standpoint, we don't have one. Um, so that's something that the staff is still looking for. And again, it's part, it all comes back to just how the Iowa offense and how it's been run. Um, typically X receivers are one want to go to a place where they feel like they're going to have a pretty confident chance that they're going to be able to catch the ball quite a bit. Um, and and our offense, the as, especially as of late, the X receivers mm, hasn't really been as involved as much. Um, you think of a guy like Brandon Smith, a uh, huge guy. He is a guy that you look at, you're like, he's an X receiver, without a doubt. He's great size, great speed. He go up, win a 50-50 ball. Um, but he was a guy who 
probably felt like we, we could have used them more than than what we did in this time is here. So if as you're recruiting these guys and ex-receivers are looking at potential places to go to school, I was not going to be one of the places on the top of the list just because history has shown they haven't been as involved in the offense as much as they would probably like to be. So that's going to all come into play of, hey, how are we going to take advantage of getting a new quarterback in the building? Are we going to be actually trying to push them the passing game a little bit more? Are we going to move into the year 2023 of offensive football? <laughs> um, uh, so it's, it's, it's an interesting look. Uh, but the extra receiver, it's a very unique position um, where you don't just get guys that grow on trees. You really have to find them and develop those guys because they can be a very, very important asset to your offense. A couple of names uh, that the coaches have just followed. One of them, Damian Alford, talked about him yesterday on the podcast. Entered the portal, and less than a day later, he exited the portal and decided to go back to Syracuse, maybe got an NIL deal, something like that, <laughs> and then decided he wasn't going to leave there. The other one, Donovan Ali of Washington State, 6'3", 210, had 43 catches this year, 491, but going from the offense that they run at Washington State to the Iowa offense, going to take some selling, and uh, coaching staff and Gabe McNamara are probably going to have to sell a guy like that and then moving and coming into a different kind of offense, but and that's why they're paid the big bucks, right? I mean, that's that's a part of it too, is you got to sell what you're doing there. And that's why these guys are paid handsomely for coaching football <laughs> out there. And uh, what they do is that recruiting side of it. So, you know, I want to talk about this maybe when we have a little more time sometime. But you know, early in your career, you didn't play a ton. You were playing. You were part of the rotation. I had some injuries. Just how easy it is now for these guys. Rough season. You know, a year doesn't go well. And you're in the portal. You're eligible right away. Just how different this is. And people... You know, I know there's some Hawkeye fans kind of freaking out this week. You lose Rouse, you lose Tesla. Oh boy, here we're not going to get anybody. Well, the portal doesn't end. After spring football, after the next semester, you're going to see even more people in there. So this is something that's going to continue to evolve. You have a rough spring practice. You get banged up, whatever it is, or you don't get the snaps you think you're going. We're going to still see a lot more guys that are entering the portal just because compared to even when you were playing just a few years ago, it's just so easy now to make that jump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a how do I want to say this? It's yeah, it's definitely yeah. a good thing. It's definitely <laughs> a good thing that players can enter the portal um and then try to again make another choice of what's best for them. Because yeah, uh early in my career, yeah, I didn't play a bunch. Um I didn't play a bunch, went through some injuries. Uh, didn't have quite the start to my Hawkeye career that I was envisioning and honestly hoping for. Um, but obviously with the rules back then, uh, like logically it didn't make, didn't make too much sense to try to transfer away. You're just like, Hey, let me, let me stick with it. Uh, you know, I'm still, still feel really confident in my abilities, uh, play at this level. So you stick with it and then, you know, everything ends up working itself out. Uh, nowadays. Yeah. Like, there's a point where it's like, okay, yeah, you may not get the playing time that you were hoping for early in your career, but like it's still early in your career. You're you're young. Like not everyone's going to come into college football and just be a complete um, uh, football player as a freshman or even a sophomore uh, football player because I mean you're going against guys that have been in school. Uh, that have been at the university for years and years and have continued to develop. Like you're not the only guy on the team that's on scholarship. You're not the only guy that's, that's got talent. Um, because 
everyone is Ronnie got talent. They got recruited to the to the power five division one level um, for a reason. So uh, sometimes there are situations where you feel like, hey, maybe this guy should try to stick it out and um, you know try to compete some more because you know you really, you you really haven't been through a bunch. I mean, yeah, obviously you don't know everyone's upbringing, everyone's childhood, um, but when you get to the college football level. Like that's another level of adversity that you've got to try to combat and, and get around. And if you just every time you get some type of bump in the road and you just decide like, hey, I'm going to transfer, I'm going to leave. Right. Like, yeah, it could work out, but a bunch of times it might not work out. I mean, there's a bunch of people that are that have entered the portal that may not even end up playing football ever again. Um, so it's an interesting situation. And you just kind of hope that the players make the best decision best decisions for themselves and that yeah. it all ends up working out but that's the call football is now and um you're just hoping that these kids making are making the right decisions because of uh their needs and not necessarily just because where the nil money is or or whatever so uh yeah it's it's a lot different of landscape now um i do think i still do think it's a good thing that players can enter the portal and be eligible to play um when they leave um, and get to the new school. Uh, but it's just something that's got to continue to be monitored. And from us, from a fan's perspective, you can't get too attached to it. You can't be too upset about it. Um, you just got to think of it. Hey, it's another level of recruiting now. It's just another level of recruiting. And every year, it's essentially almost like you're re-recruiting your players on your roster, um, giving them a reason why they should stay stick around and why they should continue to grind it out at the current school versus uh, just leaving or, you know, entice people that are in the portal. Like, Hey, these are reasons why you should come to our school. So good stuff. Good perspective there from LaShawn. We're going to take a quick time out, come back on the other side, talk some Hawkeye hoops as they get ready for the Wolverines coming to town tonight. That's all coming up here on locked on Hawkeyes. Today's episode is brought to you by built bar looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories. Then you got to try a built bar. Just got through the holidays. I know my goal, working to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste. I got just the thing for you. It's Built. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. So delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in great flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Now, you don't have to wait around to get a box either in the mail for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. You can still do that, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, hop in there. How about a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, LaShawn, let's wrap it up here before we get into our built bars and let's talk a little <laughs> Iowa basketball. Kicking things off here after the two game winning streak. What a week it was last week. I was in Carver for the game against Indiana, brought my daughter there. We had a great time at the game, so much fun. And, and of course, the incredible comeback there. But then to go on the road and beat that Rutgers team, that Rutgers team that had been playing well, the rack, one of the most difficult places to play, it was banged out again. And Iowa never let that crowd really get into it. Even a couple of times in the second half, Rutgers cut it down to five. Iowa had a response every time, and it'll be remembered as a Peyton Sanford game as 
he got rid of that long uh, shooting streak or shooting slump that he was going through. All of a sudden, we go from eh, lost season disappointment to maybe this team's got a chance to get into the tournament. Where are you at right now with the Hawkeye Hoopsters? Yeah, yeah, they've been hot and cold, at least as we've seen. I mean, they they went on that three game losing streak, which was a brutal three game losing streak. Kind of was just not good basketball played whatsoever. Um, really didn't look like the basketball team that we saw at the beginning of this uh, season. And then flip back last week and you're like, whoa, the boys are back. We're good. We're good now. Um, you know, they played some inspiring basketball over the last uh, couple weeks. I mean, over last week, over the last two games. And it's exciting to see. But obviously to get into the tournament, you're going to need to be a lot more consistent than, than what they've been so far. And see, they have an opportunity to stay on track uh, tonight against Michigan, who's another t- uh, basketball team. Again, that's been hot and cold, and they probably haven't had the season that they've been hoping they would have up to this point in the year. Um, so it's going to be an interesting uh, game tonight just because you feel like both these teams are really kind of fighting to keep their tournament chances alive right now. And um, I wasn't playing good basketball over the past uh, two games. Michigan uh, dropped to Michigan State uh, the other day. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting battle. Uh, so I'm back on board with the Hawkeye basketball team, uh, just hoping that they can keep this, uh, turn this two-game streak into uh, much more. And uh, as we get into the thick of the Big Ten schedule, that they just continue to play inspiring basketball. It's uh, going to be a, a big matchup here. You look at three games at home, and because of the hug that the hole that they dug themselves in, trying to battle your way out of it, that three-game losing streak that you mentioned, the loss to Eastern Illinois, even without Connor McCaffrey and Chris Murray in that one, it's still going to be a ding on that resume, and it's not good enough. Some years he can be 9-11, and 11, even 10-10 and 10 in the Big Ten, and be fine to get into the NCAA tournament. I don't know if that's going to be the case this year. Kind of broke things down a little bit earlier there are a lot of conferences that are down this year. They still got to find 68, but this is a time you, you certainly feel like you want to stack up these victories. After this three-game homestand, the schedule gets a lot more difficult. They go to Michigan State. We know how tough it is there to play in the end zone at Ohio State. And the Buckeyes, maybe the second most talented team short of Purdue in the Big Ten this year. They've been really, really good this season. They got a lot of young talent to go along with Zeb Keeb, who uh, is battling some injury right now, the big guy from inside. So you know, the big, big three games here, you just want to keep stacking these things up, get back in it. And there's something about Fran McCaffrey. You know, he got that technical foul against Indiana. And I know national media, they love to ride on Fran and he's out of control. Seemingly every single time he does that, though, his teams respond. And you can tell Fran McCaffrey and the players know he's always going to have his players back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want out of your coach. Now, you don't want it to get to escalate to a point where it's costing games, but. As a player, and I see my coach uh, fighting hard um, for whatever reason. For us as players, it's like, okay, I've got to give, I got to give more. I mean, like my coach shouldn't have to do all that for for us, right? Like we got to take, we got to take ownership um, of what's going on right now, whether it be on the basketball court or on the football field, um, and we got to take ownership of it, and we've got to elevate our play. Um, so our coach doesn't have to worry about that, and. Yeah, I mean, I love seeing Fran get fired up. I mean, he's not, it's not even like it's the worst thing in the world. They just do it just because it's Fran, because he, it's just, he's had a 
history of uh, being that fiery kind of guy and that fiery type of coach. But uh, as you mentioned, yeah, the team responds well to it. And whatever he's got to do to get those guys and get them amped up and get them um, playing some consistent Iowa basketball, hey, it's it's worth it a hundred times out of a hundred. We will be back with you. Well, I'll be back with you tonight after the conclusion of that one and instant reaction locked on. Now we will get that to you and that'll be in your feeds for Friday morning. So what do you got tonight? I was favored by five and a half. Now I think you've learned throughout our months uh, talking. I'm not normally the most optimistic guy uh, as it pertains to Hawkeye athletics, but I'm also a betting guy. And one of the things that I am a big, big proponent of is when you see line movement and reverse line movement, what that means in the gambling world is a big percentage of the bets are coming in and they are right now on Michigan, yet the point spread is moving the other way. That normally tells you that the smart money, the pros are on one side. That means they're on Iowa tonight and I'm going to jump aboard with the pros. I'm going to lay the five and a half tonight with the Hawkeyes. Hopefully they just cruise in. Let's make it easy, right? Dominate <laughs> this one, have some fun, cruise into an easy victory. We don't need to be sweating in the, in the late in the game the last four minutes. No, I agree. I'm, I, I agree there with you. I'm I'm taking the Hawks. Um, you know, Michigan hasn't played too many away games this year. I think they might have, yeah. it might be yep. like three, two away games the entire season so far. Um, and you know, hoping that the Iowa fans come out and, and make Carver a pretty good place to play tonight. So give me the Hawks. Um, hopefully they make it easy so I don't have to sweat the entire second half of the basketball game. They can just put it away handle business and uh, continue rolling as they've uh, looked over the last two or last two games. Yeah. They, uh, of course, Michigan state, the last game out that that was a road game. They played the early December game against Minnesota on the road, but Minnesota is by far the worst team in the big 10 <laughs> this year. And uh, not, not quite the environment there up at the barn that uh, you'd normally anticipate. Now we'll see a crowd. I was there as I mentioned last week, wasn't a great crowd, at least in attendance wise. It was loud though. Got loud in there as I was making the comeback. Let's hope we can get a few more thousand people in there, get that closer to a sellout, and and let Juwan Howard know a little bit that he can be a punk on the sidelines too. <laughs> get in his ear a little bit and, and have it be known. LaShawn, hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk again next week. Yes, sir. Go Hawks. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Isaac Shadi and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Hear from the big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I'll be back with you tonight in your feed with the latest a instant reaction podcast. LaShawn will join us again next week. Thanks for being with us here on Locked On Hawkeyes.